What's up, everyone? Back for another post-game episode of Locked On Bucks. Milwaukee have won four straight. It's incredible. They're streaky. They take care of the magic. Maybe they'll be 82-0 if they play the magic every single game. Who knows? But they absolutely handled them. They're up by 50 points at one stage in this game. Anyway, we're going to break it all down. Uh, there's some other interesting stuff to talk about. Frank's been tweeting. Frank's been messaging the DMs. i got to pick his brain about some of the stats, some of the things he's been looking up because uh, the Bucs, uh, as we hoped they would, are taking advantage of an easy stretch in the schedule. Uh, they needed to bank some wins, and they've done that. Uh, let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Cam Pittman. Uh, you can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN Australia. And joining me today is the founder uh, of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Franco Madino. And uh, today's episode is brought to you by True Bill. True Bill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you just want to keep. Uh, speaking of subscriptions that you may have, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. And if you haven't subscribed to Locked On Bucks on YouTube, you really should jump across and go and do that. Uh, but the Bucks beat down the magic. I don't know what Orlando did uh, the last couple of days in Milwaukee, but perhaps that Milwaukee nightlife uh, got the Orlando magic heading into this game, Frank. 123 to 92, they win. They were up by 41 points at halftime, which uh, from my research, I think was a franchise uh, record lead at halftime. This game was absolutely ridiculous. Some of the numbers are hilarious to look at. Is there anything in particular that stands out to you from this game? The Bucs, as I said, four wins in a row. They're 10 and 8. They're in the seventh seed. They're almost out of the play-in tournament zone. It's unbelievable times. I mean, I was I was pretty, pretty annoyed. I mean, this was a great opportunity to uh to get the Bucs. They were they were had a negative point differential for the season coming into tonight's game. <laughs> so uh pretty early on, you knew that that was gonna get flipped. Um but uh, I mean, you know, bench unit getting outscored thirty-six to eighteen in the fourth quarter. I mean, come on, guys! Like, you know, I had visions of a fifty-point win, kind of pad the the advanced stats, uh, the Pythagorean win uh, expectation. Um, but they have to settle for, uh, you know, a, a slightly more modest thirty-one point win. Your guy Justin Robinson, uh, I think he was one for nineteen, one for his last nineteen at one point, and then he hit two shots late to try to make sure that let, uh, that lead got back above 30. So um, I think between him and uh, and Jordan Wara, they were the only guys that that seemed to get a bucket in the fourth quarter. But um, yeah, I mean, there's almost... <laughs> what do you even say about this game, right? Uh, the Bucks did kind of whatever they wanted and the Magic, you know, could not stop turning the ball over. Uh, they couldn't make shots and the Bucks had just, you know, I mean, like like so often when teams have these massive blowout wins, like, you know, it's not because their best players have huge games. Giannis has nine assists, one turnover in 24 minutes, four out of 12, only 12 points, but 
five, seven guys score between 12 and 17 or 12 and 18 points. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, just a, a complete wipeout and, and to be honest, kind of nice to see it because, you know, these, these last few games, including the Lakers game, let's be honest, not, they were all kind of harder than they needed to be, you know? Um, I, I think the Bucks, you know, we saw them give up big leads against the Thunder and the Magic in the last two games, games that they were winning in, in control of, um, you know, didn't look like they were going to be bothered at all. And then in both games, um, they, they really took their foot off the gas. So tonight they, you know, stomped their feet through the floor of the gas pedal. I don't know what the metaphor would be and got out to such a big lead that it really didn't matter. Uh, and obviously none of the starters even came close to sniffing the floor in the fourth quarter, even with Orlando blowing the doors off the, uh, the buck C team. Uh, they, they win the quarter 36 to 18 and lose by 31 points. Not often you're going to be able to say that. So yeah, just, uh, good to get a laugher. They're back above 500 at home at five and four. They're now in, uh, an identical five and four at home and on the road. And obviously with Detroit coming in here to end this homestand, uh, an opportunity to, to go a perfect five and oh, which, you know, I think just in the grand scheme of, you know, as we were saying, seeding and just clawing your way back into, okay, yeah, like we're, we're not, you know, we, we can't just sit around complaining about injuries all season long. At some point you got to start winning games and with the Bucks starting to get healthy um, with Chris Milton, obviously back now, everyone pretty much except Brooke and uh, obviously Dante still out, but um, yeah, beginning to look a, a little bit more like the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I think we looked at this homestand and of course the Lakers game was a little bit tricky. We didn't know who was going to be playing. Chris Milton was just coming back. But ultimately, it's sort of panning out to be the perfect sort of run-in for Chris Milton. And I actually thought that maybe the best part of this game was the fact that you were able to only get 23 minutes for Giannis. And there was a few little stretches in this game where I thought that Giannis was going to have to take out Mo Wagner again. So uh, we should acknowledge the fact that Giannis and the Bucks were able to get through this two-game set with the Orlando Magic without knocking out one of the players. The Magic were frustrated tonight. And to be fair, I mean, I understand why they were frustrated. I mean, they were just getting the the beatdown of a lifetime and they didn't feel like they were getting any calls. Maybe they should stop uh, flopping. I'm looking at new Mo Wagner in particular. Um, But this game, at least in the first half, it almost reminded me of some of the games we've seen against Detroit in the past where you're like, okay, yeah, this is a a beatdown. This is a blowout. But I also kind of want this game to end just so nothing happens and there's no fights and there's no suspensions or anything silly like that. I think I think a couple of years ago there there was that period. I just remember saying something very similar about when they had played the Pistons like yeah. a bunch of times. And I don't know if they, if they got like the whole series out of the way really early in the season, but it just felt like they had a bunch of games against the Pistons. I think this was when Blake was still there and there yeah. was like more of that like weird negative energy and you know the pistons were still sort of trying to be good um and andre drummond was still around uh yeah it was just a weird energy and obviously they you know they pounded the pistons in the in the playoffs uh, in the first year of the butt era in 20 early spring of 2019 so yeah i sometimes like these uh you know little uh, baseball style sets where the teams now we've seen the last year uh where teams play a couple times um and in a homestand uh <laughs> creates kind of a weird weird vibe about it and I, I think when the teams are good it's interesting but when obviously it's a mismatch like between these two teams um maybe maybe it's not not always for the best but uh yeah um I, i'd say just i mean again like you know 
nice to, to win some games and, and not have to put in 48 minutes of, of real effort uh, <laughs> to come away with a win. But by the same token, um, you know, I, I, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see when, when they finish up this homestand, you know, looking up at the schedule, there's some, some more legitimate challenges upcoming. And again, we don't, I mean, famous last words, right? Like, I don't want to tee things up here for a, a hugely disappointing loss against the Pistons. Uh, but certainly, you know, starting to round into form a bit. And you know, I thought probably the most encouraging thing about tonight, I mean, Drew Holiday actually seeing shots go in eight out of 14 from the field. You know, I think when you look at, the guys that are healthy, at least uh, Drew's been maybe the guy that, that I've sort of had the most, again, quote unquote concerns around. And so um, not that you take a whole lot from a game like this, but it's just good. For, I think for him to see the ball go through, go through the basket and um, you know, a game high 18 points on 14 shots. And uh, he's obviously struggled a fair bit, still missed a couple of bunnies even in this game tonight, but um, you know, overall just uh, hopefully this kind of starts him rolling in the right direction. Cause let's be honest, you factor in the playoffs as well. It's been a while since we've seen, you know, Drew consistently put the ball in the hole. <laughs> and uh, and so when you think about the Bucks kind of getting back to their very best, it would be nice if, you know, we you always kind of joke about, you know, the the whole quote unquote debate about who's their Bucks best number, second best player. Um, but Drew Holiday, when he's been playing like he's been playing of late, obviously Chris is just coming back from his COVID illness, but Drew Drew so far this year he looked good in his first couple first two games of the season. Then since then it's been kind of like, Drew, come on man, like need need a lot more from you than you know, thirteen points on sub forty percent shooting from the field. So uh, I think his playmaking has been pretty good. But um, you know again when when he's scoring um, that's important. And I think some of the really stark on off differences for Giannis can be mitigated when. Obviously, Drew and, and Chris are, are able to kind of carry more of that that offensive load, especially when Giannis is off the floor. Yeah, some of the numbers for Drew this year have been uh, just really ugly stuff. I mean, like the, the worst of his career stuff, actually, which is what makes it so bizarre. Uh, but when he knocked down a few shots today, Frank, I was listening to this sound. I, I could just hear that. in my, Could you hear that, by the way? Oh, no? this was is it a bell. This is terrible. It was like a kaching. It was a kaching sound because oh. the, because I was hearing that sound when Drew Holiday was knock, knocking down shots. But that's also uh, the sound of another sale on Shopify, which is the all-in-one <laughs> commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Uh, I can't believe this sound didn't work. You got to. I, I really set that up beautifully. It was fantastic. One of my best intros to an ad read. But in case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify, uh, point, the point-of-sale app and accompanying hardware as well. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big, big businesses, so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online, in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and Shopify helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. Just go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA. Uh, that's all lowercase there for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. That's Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA.
So as we keep rolling here again, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. I saw Craig Cancel was in the house tonight. Maybe you want to check in on what the Brewers are up to in the offseason. So after you're done with Locked On Bucks, you can jump across and listen to Locked On Brewers and uh, yeah, see what see what those guys are up to. See what the Brew Crew are up to uh, in the offseason. So yeah, so some of these numbers with Drew Holiday. So, I mean, you mentioned the fact that he missed some bunnies and you also mentioned the fact that you've been a little bit, I, I don't know, where you would be on the panic scale when it comes to Drew Holiday. But he missed one tonight that was like a two feet planted on the ground, little kids lay up. Like, even I'm a chance to make that shot with no defenders. Now, of course, I probably would still miss it, but, I, you know, I'm a chance. I'm a, I'm a legitimate chance, which you can't say too often. But he's 45% at the rim this season. This is according to Cleaning Glass. That might be before tonight. It probably is. But 45% at the rim. Last season, he was at 66%, and he's actually only ever been below 55% twice in his 12 seasons, never below 52%. So for him to be at 45% is so bizarre. And the the three-point shot stuff, I'll buy. Like when he was up at around 40% last year, I was like, "Eh, I I don't know. And this, 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 you know, I never really pictured Drew Holiday as a 40% three-point shooter. Now this year, he's down to 32%. But when I see him missing bunnies like that, I just kind of can't get too worried about it because I'm like, this is just so weird. Like, eventually he's going to start making these layups where he gets the perfect position and they're basically uncontested, right? I mean, I mean, I hope so anyway. I mean, if he doesn't, it's going to be problematic for sure. But that's the reason why I can't get too too concerned about it because it's just so weird, like some of these misses that he's having. I think the biggest concern would be, you know, does it seem like he's not able to get to those spots mm-hmm. anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um it was a little surprising. I'm looking at his basketball reference page right now. Only 20% of his shot attempts right now are coming at the rim. Last year, it was at 28%. Um, the year before that, 34%. So that would obviously be, you know, I'd say legitimately concerning if, if you know, he's he's having to trade, um, you know, rim shots for, uh, for mid-range shots or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, I, I think... Uh, not getting the rim and then not finishing at the rim. Um, as you said, he's missed just a bunch of bunnies where it's just like, you know, it's not like he's, he can't get off the floor or something like that. Um, he's getting like blocked or something like that. It's just like, he's literally just missing gimmies. So, um, yes, to, to, I think, you know, stay tuned. Um, you know, I think with Chris Andrew, you know, they're both at the start of their, you know, third decade on earth. Um, and so, uh, um, actually I shouldn't say that fourth, technically your fourth decade on earth, your thirties are your fourth decade on earth. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, at some point these guys, the aging curve starts to kick in. I, I hope it's not the case for Drew. He's coming off a very long season. Um, you know, like I said, he looked really good in the Brooklyn and that first San Antonio game. Uh, so again, is it, you know, him just started to find his legs, um, or whatever, maybe. Um, but you know, the good the good the good news is the Bucks are NBA champions, so we'll never we're never gonna have to relitigate the Drew Holiday uh trade. Yeah. And you know, uh, is the Drew Holiday contract gonna look good in, you know, well maybe I was gonna say two, two, three years from now, maybe a year. Um I, I don't know. I mean, you know, guy's age, you know, is he gonna be worth quote unquote all that much? I don't know, but it doesn't really matter because the Bucks won a championship. And I think, you know, if you if you try to undo obviously the trade, 
But even just like the fact that they extended him during last season, I mean, I think everything can work out differently, right? So, um, so that's the beauty of being an NBA champion is, you know, everything was worth it, basically, right? Uh, but um, obviously, if you want to repeat and continue to play um, at a contender's level, you're going to need, you know, your three best players to continue to play at a really high level. Obviously, we, we know Giannis is continuing to do that. Um, I think Chris, I'm not really worried about Chris. He's obviously kind of getting back. I thought a couple of shots he's hit um, the past few games, including in main, really starting with the second half of his first game back, right, against the Lakers, started to be feel very encouraging about kind of what he can do and obviously his playmaking. Um, and so I think for Drew, it's just, you know, kind of getting back to to what he can do. And and to be honest, like I think it's some a lot of his, he's had some really good playmaking games, like the Celtics game, you know, he couldn't make anything right. He was like one for 11 or something from three in that game, but um, had a ton of assists and, you know, was, was definitely a big part of setting up a lot of the, the open three pointers that Grayson Allen and, and others had in that game. So, so we'll see, I think it's a subplot, something to watch, you know, and again, not meant to panic, but uh, you know, if you want the bucks to have the best possible chance of winning an NBA championship, you're going to need Drew Holiday, obviously to be playing at a high level and, Let's be honest. I mean, the odds of the Bucks repeating with Drew Holiday being as in, let's say inconsistent <laughs> as he was in the playoffs last year, I don't like the Bucks' chances. They're they're probably going to need a more consistent offensive version of Drew Holiday than they got in the playoffs last year. Even the fact, despite the fact that they won a championship, if they want to repeat, that's that's at least my my take on it. Yeah, I mean, all of them could uh, could give the team a nice little boost if they decide to knock down some threes in the postseason. That would be nice as well in the first couple of rounds. Uh, anyway, but no, I, I think that's a fair summary. Just looking through the box score tonight, obviously you get some crazy numbers. Uh, Mo Bamba, minus 38 in 20 minutes. That does, that's not looking too pretty, but uh, well, that's actually minus 39. But on the LSU, Giannis, plus 38 in 23 minutes is pretty nice. And what about the plus minus king of the Milwaukee Bucks this season? George Hill, plus 32 in 18 minutes. I was just looking at these, uh, at his, at the numbers with George Hill on the floor. And again, I don't know whether this is before tonight. I feel like it probably is just because it's such a crazy number. But the Bucks, Bucks are plus 21.9 per 100 possessions with George Hill on the floor. If you look at the box score every single night, even in the close game, somehow Hill is just out there with a plus 15, a plus 16. And it's kind of crazy. Lisa Byington mentioned it on the broadcast uh, today during the game. He's playing 27.8 minutes per game which is his highest mark since 2016, 2017. Now, obviously, we understand why he's pl- pl- had to play as much as he has over this journey. I'm sure it wasn't by design that he was going to play almost 30 minutes per game uh, to start the season. But if you go through all the lineup data, he's in all their most used uh, most used lineups. And honestly, a lot of them look pretty good. Now, again, you've been tweeting about this Giannis stuff, that the Bucks defense has actually been really good with Giannis on the floor. His on-off numbers are obviously incredible, and then it looks pretty ugly if it's not Giannis and it's just Bobby Portis on the floor. But I think we should acknowledge that George Hill, to this point at least, and I would still have some concerns that over the course of a 82-game season, you don't want to have to play him this much the entire season. But he still looks like a contributor. And this was one of the questions that we had coming into the season. Obviously, a bit of a strange slash rough year for him last year. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the the there are probably three things I was looking for from George Hill. I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, defensively, um, does he still have enough um, athleticism? And, you know, he's, he's obviously savvy. He knows how to, how to defend. His brain knows how to defend. Can his body still do what needs to be done? Um, and I think, you know, I felt generally pretty, pretty encouraged by what we've seen so far. And, and then I think offensively, you know, 
we joke. I mean, what he shot what forty eight percent or whatever it was two years ago from three. We're not expecting him to shoot to shoot that high. He's a career thirty eight percent shooter. Happily take that. He entered tonight's game at thirty seven percent. And I think part of the question was just like, is he going to shoot enough? Um, you know, like because he's not a guy who really hunts shots. Uh, and and at times you're just like, man, George, feel free to put the ball up. You know, don't <laughs> don't don't be don't be too bashful. Um, so came into the tonight's game at fifty six percent true shooting, so very solid uh, efficiency there. Um, efficiency again, or sorry, the usage rate, a career low, I think twelve point five percent coming into the night's game. So that problem still exists. But you know, I think when you look at um, just some of the like, he, I think he's still still shown flashes of the athleticism that you know we saw from him a couple years ago. He's obviously always been a little bit bigger for a point guard. Um, but even at the age of 35, I mean, I mean, we've seen him get to the rack for dunks. We've seen him get to the rim, rim for layups. Um, you know, again, you're going to give him the ball and tell him to just like go get buckets. Well, maybe not. Um, but I think he's been a guy that has, you know, been able to, to get to the rim and, and still show that he can finish. I mean, you know, again, not, not big volume, but 27% of his shots uh, have come at the rim career. He's a 24% guy shots coming at the rim. So, um, whereas Drew Holiday is going kind of in the wrong direction, George Hill's actually stayed at a pretty good, pretty good level. Um, two years ago in Milwaukee, he was at uh, 30%, so it was a little bit higher, but still 27%. And then he's finishing at 75% at the rim, you know? So it's like, oh, okay. Uh, and he's got, he's got a couple dunks this year. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, he had, I think, two total dunks all of last year in, th- in 672 minutes. He's got 444 minutes already here. Milwaukee and has two dunks. So yeah, I, I think what we've seen from George Hill has been encouraging. And, you know, if you told me just like, Hey, he'll keep doing this the rest of the year at these rates, defending the way, you know, we've seen, and he can stay healthy, sign me up. I mean, for me, it's just, can he stay on the floor? Can he stay healthy, especially given, you know, his age and, um, you know, hopefully he just has has this left in the tank when they get to the playoffs. Yeah, well, it's always the case when you sign these these older players, you just hope you get to the end of the season and uh, whatever you sign them for, whatever the contract is, you still want it. You still want it on the books. But that's not always the case with some of these subscriptions that you may have uh, that uh, sometimes you forget about them. Sometimes you simply don't want them. And True Bill is a new app that can help you identify some of those subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with true bill it's incredible because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel true bill makes it incredibly simple just link your accounts and true bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your true bill concierge is uh, there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to true bill has over 2 million users and has helped saved over 100 million smackers so uh, don't fall for the subscription scans Start canceling today, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA, and it could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. And because we're in the business of saving money, our friends over at rockauto.com, you know, you know about this. You can save up to 30%, 50%, even 100% on the same parts that you could just buy from a chain store. But go to rockauto.com. You'll be able to navigate the very easy-to-use catalog for brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. Uh, we've got an example here for you. A Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's $216 at rockauto.com. I'm sure we have a listener of the pod or a viewer of the pod that has a Honda Odyssey. 
Uh, I'm sure we do. And they'll be they'll be listening to this and thinking, that's unbelievable. I need to go to rockauto.com right now. So be like those people and go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box today? No, we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So there's some schedule, uh, let's say, I don't know how to describe this. There's some schedule stuff that we should acknowledge when we read out this stat, but I just like it. With Drew Holiday, Chris Milton, and Giannis in the lineup, the Bucks are 6-0. and are. Undefeated. Never lost, as LeVar Ball would say, which I love. And, uh, you know, you always talk about these different lineup combinations that you can look at. We always look at the defense that we've come to know and uh, love from these Milwaukee Bucks, always been in one of the top five teams around the mark. Last year, a little bit sketchy at times, uh, but ultimately in the postseason, a good defensive team. How many minutes do those three need to play on the floor together before we can acknowledge uh, any of these numbers that we're seeing that are looking very good and uh, aren't just completely uh, out of whack because of this one game against the Orlando Magic where they led by 140 points at one stage? How many games do we need to see before we can acknowledge these numbers? Well, let's let's see. I mean, we've got kind of a a more difficult stretch coming up. So I'd say after the next like you know five games or so, um, let's hope the the numbers hold up. I think obviously the Pistons game on Wednesday, you hope you take care of business there, and then Friday you're in Denver um, against the Nuggets. I, I don't. Nicole Jokic has missed I think a couple games here, so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he has a serious injury, but. We'll see if, if he's back for that game. Obviously, Denver without Jamal Murray, as we knew, and now Michael Porter Jr. Sounds like he has a pretty serious back injury that may require serious surgery. I saw some headlines about today. So, you know, again, you're catching the Nuggets probably at an advantageous time. Um, and then you're in Indiana and then home to host the Hornets, then play in Toronto, and then you get the Heat in Milwaukee on December 4th. Um, so I think that's a... You know, a mixture home road games. You've got some certainly some better competition in there. Um, I would not say those are gimmies, you know. So I think you kind of look at those games. You obviously hope you can win your fifth straight here against the Pistons, and then you look at those next five. Um, you know, I think if you even if you just take three out of five, um, or or maybe even four out of five, you take four out of five, I think you start to feel like you know you're really starting to to, to cook with gas here a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, let's let's kind of let let that sample get get a little bit bigger. Um, but but obviously, it's you know it's important that now we're finally seeing actual like rotations that well maybe not tonight in the fourth quarter, but uh, but during non garbage time, you know we're finally seeing combinations that are combinations that the Bucks are going to be using throughout the season, assuming injuries um, you know don't don't crop up. So pretty much all the combinations that you know we're seeing in, in games here over the last little while are at least representative of things that, that we'll hopefully see um, in the playoffs as well. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, good to see the numbers start to, to creep in the right direction for sure. Yeah, no beef stew for this game uh, with the Pistons either. Uh, I saw someone tweeted out today. I know we were, we were discussing that Tiana seemed uh, a little bit annoyed by something Isaiah Stewart did in a game uh, last year, I believe it was. Isaiah Stewart, uh, not, to, not to be messed with, but let me just point out, that uh, he's being looked at as a bad guy for that incident where he stood over Blake Griffin. No, 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 not in my books. That makes him a good guy. And look, he got punched in the face. So look, he lost the plot a little bit there. There's no doubt about it. 
But I don't think Isaiah Stewart's a bad guy. Not not at all. And if you stand over Blake Griffin and don't let him get away with uh, his bullshit that he tries to do on a nightly basis, uh, you're good in my books. But uh, having said that, I'm still glad he's well, not Yana, there. I mean, Gian, Giannis confronted him in that game, as you were referring to last year. I think the video I was looking at today, it seemed like it was due to a moment where they were kind of boxing out and like Giannis got a lot of balance and Isaiah Stewart basically pushed him to the ground and kind of landed on him. So um, <laughs> as much as I enjoyed uh, him going at LeBron, as much as I enjoy him going at Lake Griffin, I mean, if you've gone at Giannis, you are instantly an, an enemy of, of Bucks Nation, no matter what you've done uh, in these other games. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Isaiah Stewart, you know, again, kind of taking that mantle, ironically from Blake, Griff Blake Griffin, as far as, you know, kind of bring a little bit of extra cheap shot sauce uh, for when the Pistons play the the uh, the Bucks. So maybe good riddance to Isaiah Stewart here that we don't have to see him uh, on Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. By the, by the way, by the way, here he, just just for for context, you know, talking about the the Chris Giannis Drew Drew numbers, 161 possessions so far this year, plus 24 net rating. We'll take that. <laughs> That's obviously encouraging. And that was before tonight. So that those numbers are going to get better uh presumably um you know when we check them tomorrow uh last year 2000 possessions together plus 13 net rating uh overall uh between those three guys and actually now i'm curious to see what they were in the playoffs um as well those were the regular season numbers but in the playoffs it just says it, champions it, just says champions well, it doesn't even have numbers. well it, it's it's funny because um the playoffs were so long Guess how many possessions they had together? They had two thousand. They had nineteen hundred ninety-nine possessions together in the regular season over seventy-two games. Guess how many they had in the playoffs? Do you want to take, take just take a wild guess? Well, they played about a quarter of the games, but they played more minutes, so it's going to be a bit more than a quarter. If I do the math, so let's say six hundred and eleven. Eleven hundred twenty-five possessions together in the playoffs. Unbelievable. That's like another half season of at least in terms of them playing together. Obviously, Bud wasn't said. messing around with those rotations, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, they were plus twelve net rating. They had a one twelve point five offensive rating, which uh, by last year's standards was actually not very good. This year, it's a lot better because offense is just overall down. They were only in the thirty third percentile in terms of offensive ratings, but defensively, Kane, one hundred point six defensive rating last year in the playoffs with that group of three over 1100 possessions that is in the hundredth percentile i.e that was at the very tippy top absolute best performing defensive lineups and you look at what they did across the board across four factors they were at the absolute apex in terms of defensive rebound rate only uh 82 defensive rebound rate they were at the 96 percentile and free throw rate allowed 88th percentile in terms of turnovers, which is interesting because the Bucks are not typically a team that forces a lot of turnovers. Tonight was a little different story. Um, 88th percentile in turnover rate, 86th percentile in terms of effective field goal percentage allowed. So, yeah, just, you know, build to that. Do that again in the playoffs. You, you're going to like your odds. Yep, it's almost safe to bet on the Bucks again. But if you want to bet on other things, you've got a daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs on the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from... Lee Sterling. Uh, just as we wrap this up, Frank, we I just in my inbox got a medical update on Shemi Ojale from Bucks PR. It says Milwaukee Bucks forward Shemi Ojale sustained a right soleus muscle injury 
during Friday night's win versus Oklahoma City, underwent an MRI and subsequent examination uh, by team physician Dr. Carol Vetter of the Freud and Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, which confirmed a strained soleus muscle. That's a lot of words there. Anyway, he's got a calf strain. It says that he's going to be sidelined for at least three weeks and then reevaluated. So, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on. Look, he wasn't playing that well anyway. I get it. People will say, oh, so what? But, you know, you were hoping that he was going to be a guy that could start to find some rhythm and and show a little bit that he can be a guy that you can play moving forward. I mean, it says at least three weeks he's going to be reevaluated. So uh, we're probably not going to see him again. Well, we might not see him again before Christmas. That's a significant time on the sideline for Shemi Ojale, which, uh, which is, it's a shame. Yeah. And um, again, I think he's a guy that you're, you're trying to figure out how does he fit into this rotation? Right. And, and is he, does he have the sort of defensive juice uh, and enough perimeter shot making to be kind of part of that, you know, small lineup that you're obviously you you have to figure out this year uh, after losing PJ Tucker coming out of last year's playoff run. Obviously, PJ was was crucial towards the Bucks and their ability to play those small line, Giannis lineups. Um, and, and best defensively, they have like a 99 defensive rating. Draymond Green, who I think if you took a vote right now, would probably be the defensive player of the year for whatever that's worth at this point in the season. Exact same 102.3 defensive rating when he's on the floor as when Giannis is on the floor for the Bucks. The difference being that the Warriors are actually even better defensively this year with him on the bench. They're like plus three. They're like three points per 100 better with Draymond on the bench, which is you know kind of wild. Um, versus Giannis, the Bucks are 19 points per 100 worse <laughs> defensively with Giannis on the bench, which um, is partly a Bobby Portis referendum problem, um, as we've talked about. Giannis and Bobby together are great and actually defensively are right around the same numbers that I just quoted you. So Giannis can cover up all of Bobby Portis's defensive problems, but once Giannis is off the floor, uh, Bobby Portis lineups, I think, are like 96 offensive rating and 119 defensive rating this year. So it's a problem. It was a problem last year as well, though they were much better offensively. So, um, So yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Shemi obviously was in there for his defense. He's now out again. You know, it's not like he's your lockdown rim protector four guy or something like that. But especially when paired with Giannis, you obviously hope that that he could um, be part of some some useful lineups when you know helping some of these other guys rest. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see who gets an opportunity now with that expended spell on the sidelines coming for Shemi. Um, Jordan Wara missed what a couple games in a row DNPs. He's been back now, um, played 26 minutes tonight, obviously a garbage time game, 14 points on 13 shots, seven rebounds, a couple blocks tonight, uh, for Jordan Wara, a potential guy that obviously can benefit from, from Shemi being out. Um, and then obviously it's like, you know, Thanasis might be the most like for like guy, just in terms of defensive size. Uh, and obviously we saw it the NASA's a fair bit at the beginning of the season when they had all the injuries, but um, I, I'm curious. I mean, you know, again, it's like, you know, especially with these bench guys, like Bud's going to give everybody chances at various points. So I, I assumed Jordan war was going to get another chance at some point in the near future anyway, but obviously now with, uh, with Shemi on the sideline, you know, good news for, for at least for Jordan war's opportunities um, and Rodney hood as well. Right. Who's, who's had some injury problems and hasn't generally hasn't been that impressive. Um, he's another guy who's now back in in the lineup and available 
so we'll see if if it's an opportunity for him um, him as well. Mamu um, had a good game in uh, for the herd last night. I think he had like 22 points on 14 shots. Uh, was back with everybody else. Uh, Yorgos Kalitsakis uh, actually played tonight. Uh, Justin Robinson, that trio was back in the building. I think they were like suited up for what five straight games or five straight nights. I think they were suited up for basketball games between the herd and the Bucks. Um, so uh, we'll see. I don't know that Mamu is going to start playing now again just because Shemi is out, but um, we'll see. Obviously, uh, you guys talked about with Justin last night that that uh, Brooke alluded to having a timeline in mind and a, a target date in mind. I, I thought he, just him showing up on camera to talk about his injury situation was a positive because, you know, you look at Michael Porter and talking about him maybe needing surgery, at least we're going in the different direction with, with Brooke and seemingly pointing towards um, progress, heading towards a return at some point. So I don't know. I think we said on this pod, like my arbitrary guess has been around like December 1st. Um, that date's coming up pretty soon. So, uh, so hopefully he'll, he'll continue to progress, not have any setbacks. And obviously getting Brooke Lopez back would be a nice way, <laughs> a nice way to, uh, to make up for the fact that you lost Shemi Ojale. Yeah, or Robin Lopez just stays in Milwaukee and doesn't go back with the Orlando Magic. Um, that, that would also be nice. I saw a lot of people tweeting about that. Let's make the trade happen. I know the Bucks did a lot of stuff, whether it was social media or all, all kinds of stuff with Robin Lopez, obviously. I, I saw Mamu, Mamu had his jersey after the game tonight, which seems like a random dude to end up with Robin Lopez's jersey. But maybe, maybe, maybe you know, Rolo gave his jersey to Brooke and then Brooke just threw it at, at Mamu or something like that. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how Mamu got the jersey, but uh, I have to do some off-day sleuthing on that topic. Yeah, I thought it was a little strange. I mean, I assume they don't know each other. So, uh, you know, so strange stuff. Anyway, Mamu, he wasn't playing tonight. He wanted to be involved somehow. So good for him. He still managed to get on the uh, on the social media channels, but we'll leave it there. Uh, one night off, then the Bucks are back again. 7 p.m. tip, the five-game road tri- uh, homestand, sorry, comes to an end. Uh, they're 4-0 so far, so hopefully uh, they extend that winning streak to five games and go three games over 500. That would be wild stuff, crazy stuff as the Bucks start to climb in the standings a little bit. Uh, we'll leave it there. We'll be back tomorrow for Frank and myself. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you tomorrow.